Hola, welcome back to another episode of Life in Paradise podcast with me, your host, Brandon Hopper. Today is Sunday, April 16th, 2023, and I missed two weeks and I feel terrible. And I saw my aunt this weekend and she reminded me that I've missed two episodes and I felt terribler, but here I am. Before I forget, if you are ever looking for a new hammock, go check out worldsbesthammocks.com. You will not be disappointed. Where else can you get the world's best anything for a few hundred bucks? I've traveled the world, I've tried the hammocks, and I've got my hands on a lot of them. So, go there, check it out, order a hammock, help support the podcast, and maybe one day I can retire. Appreciate everybody listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about once every week or two or three to get them off my chest. Some you'll agree with, others you won't, and I am perfectly okay with that. The world would be a better place if we could all agree to disagree without being so dang disagreeable. And while I make fun of people, and I cut up, and I joke, I think it's very important that we are respectful to one another. Unless they push you too far, you know? Everyone's got a breaking point. But I think it's good to treat strangers with respect until they be disrespecting you. And then you can disrespect them back. And if there's one thing you need to know about me, it's that I don't do pre-recorded intros. I do, however, make fun of everyone for just about everything. So if you get offended easily, or if you're quick to say, that's not funny, this is not the right podcast for you. Rest assured, there's some podcast out there, probably boring, where they're completely politically correct about everything, and no one gets offended and it's probably about as exciting as hanging out in the library. And that's enough of the two-minute and 30-second intro. I know you're thinking, Brendan, you said the intros weren't going to go longer than one minute. Well, that was a lofty goal, and I failed. So sit back, relax. Sit back, relax, and let me do the heavy lifting for the next hour, hour and a half. Well, I sure hope you didn't give up on me. I sure hope you didn't, because you know what? If you're with me after like a two-and-a-half-year break, hopefully you're still with me after a two-week break. I apologize. I missed two episodes. I'm going to get into some of the details, but not all of them, uh, as to why I've been absent. But all that matters is that I'm back. It's April 16th. The birds are chirping. The flowers are blooming. It's a beautiful day outside. Man, if you're not from South Texas or even Texas in general, you don't understand how happy March and April make us because it's like the end of winter, the start of summer. It's nice and warm, but not too hot, not too cold. March and April, by far, the two best months in Texas, if you ask me. You know what? Let's just get right into it. I have a feeling today may run long just because I've got so much to get to. But you know what? I say it may run long, but when I get to like the hour and a half mark, I just quit. It doesn't matter how much more I've got left. I just stop. Because then I still got another hour, hour and a half after that to do all the production. Let's start this off right with a little clip from Joe Biden on Easter being asked if he's going to run in 2024. I'm not exactly sure what he says, but you know what? Be nice to him. He's an old guy. And he stutters. You can't be mean to him because he stutters. But here we go. Tell me what you think he's trying to say here. Are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming... So this is Al Roker. Some reporter, apparently he's famous. He's on one of these mainstream media channels asking Joe Biden if he's going to run. Coming election in 2024. Well, I'll either be so rolling egg or you know, being the, the, you know, the guy who's pushing him out. Come on, what? Help, a bro- help a brother. 
He said, I'll either be rolling an egg or the guy who's pushing him out. Make some no, news no, for no, me. No, no, no. I'm planning on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. All right. Well, are you saying that so, again, uh, again. you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll be rolling an egg or you know, being the, 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 you know, the guy who's pushing him out. Come on. I mean, come on. What, what are we doing? What are we freaking doing here? You should see it. His poor wife is so embarrassed for him. She's like spinning around and trying to make eye contact with him because she's no she knows that he's talking about he'll either be the guy rolling an egg or the guy pushing him out. What? You know what? I used to think whenever before Biden ran in uh in twenty twenty, I thought to myself, you know, people hopefully will recognize how, how far his mind has declined and they will not vote for him because of that. Because if you compare the clips from 2020 to 2017, 16, 15, you can tell a big difference, right? And so I thought to myself, there's no way this country will elect this old, crusty man who can barely assemble his thoughts. That was in 2020. It's gotten so bad now that he can't even put together a sentence. He can't even say whether or not he's going to run in 2024. He answers with, I'll either be the guy rolling egg or uh, being the guy uh, you know who's pushing them out. And you know what I think now? I think to myself, they're going to vote for this guy again. You know how I know? Because they voted for him before, and they also voted for John Fetterman. Remember the guy from, oh, I think it's Pennsylvania or somewhere like that that had a stroke? He couldn't complete an interview. He had to have the... The words that the reporter was saying put up on a screen. Then he disappeared. His wife left the country. He went into some halfway house and said he was having depression. Now he's come back out and he said he's going to run for president. And these freaking idiots think that these people make good leaders. Now, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come back in on the first segment, the first show back and get all worked up. But I just can't believe it. I can't believe it with my own eyes. That our significant climate investment will, quote, Help turbo. turbocharge the emerge the energy. Start the, over. Start me, over. Tur turbocharge the emerging global clean energy clean energy economy. I was reading their quote. Sorry. Oh, okay. No worries. No worries, Joe. Glad you clarified that. I was reading their quote. Sorry. <laughs> Think he's been a politician his whole life? He's so slick. He. I wonder. You know what? I bet you he thinks. I bet you he thinks he slides all these past us. He thinks, man, I'm so good. They didn't even know that I couldn't come out with the word turbocharged energy crisis or whatever this phrase was. I'm so good. They have no idea that my brain is mushy and they can't even tell that I'm clueless about the words that are about to come out of my mouth. And I don't even know what they are, even after I say them. That's what he thinks in his mind. I guarantee it. I guarantee you he thinks his poop doesn't stink. This is the thing. If you can make federal laws to protect the bird, which is the bald eagle, yeah. you can make federal laws to protect people of color. Okay, good point. You know what? I'm going to vote for somebody to make federal laws to protect people of color. You know what I'm tired of? I'm going to tell you, this, this wasn't in my notes, but I just thought of it. Here's one thing I'm sick and tired of, okay? I'm sick and tired of people using qualifiers before they give their opinion, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, you know, I'm not racist, but, or something like, I'm not a Putin apologist, or I'm not a Putin sympathizer, but fill in the blank. Or things like, you know, here, just, just, just my opinion, just my opinion, just, just my two cents. This is just, just what I think. Yeah, no kidding. It's just what you think. We all know what opinions are. How about you just stand on your opinion? How about you just say, I think, and then fill in the blank. You know, I think Putin's doing some things right in the war. Instead of saying, look, I'm not a big fan of Putin, but I think there are some things he's done right. How about you just say, say the line. Say the line. People are so worried what people think about them. And I know that, like, it's not, it's not cool to be the guy who has profanity tattooed on his face and says, man, I don't care what anybody thinks about me, Vato. I'm who I am. If you don't like it, you can beep. Beep, beep, beep. It's not, I'm not talking about not caring what anyone thinks about you in that way. I'm talking about being respectful to people and not caring what anyone thinks about your opinions. Because if you really didn't care what people thought about your opinions, 
you wouldn't have to say things like, well, I'm not a Hitler sympathizer, but you know what I mean? Like, just own your opinions. You don't have to worry about, listen, if people choose to dislike you or disrespect you or cut you out of their life because you have a different opinion than them, you do not need them in your life. Either they're a stranger and they have no value to you, at which point who cares what they think, or they call themselves a friend to you, yet they still judge you for your opinions and they treat you disrespectfully. You don't need them in your life either. A little over a year ago, I had to kick someone out of my life. We had been friends for 20 plus years. Very, very different opinions, right? We grew up in different households. We had different values. When you're a kid, those things don't matter. You still hang out together. You still play basketball. You play football. As you get older, your core values start to become prominent, and they become anchored. And hopefully, if your parents did things right, you don't stray away from them. You hold them near and dear to your heart. Well, we continued on our diverging paths, and we got to a point where our opinions were polar opposite, right? The, th the fundamentals that we believed in couldn't have been any more different, which, you know, it's fine. I've got a few friends like that. And what we do is we focus on the things that we have in common. We talk about things that we agree on. And we also can talk about things we don't agree on. And we can express the fundamental differences in our opinions without hating each other. But this particular individual thought it was necessary to always bash me because my opinions were different than his. And at one point, I just decided enough is enough. I do not need this person in my life. Yes, we were friends for 20 plus years, but that doesn't mean we have to continue being friends. And I got to that point mainly based on the way that I felt when I saw his name pop up when I got a text message. And that will tell you a lot about how you feel about someone is the feeling you get when you see their name. Whether it's a girl that you're into or a guy that you're into or whatever the case may be, your boss, your coworkers, there's a little feeling that we get when we see that name. And it's odd because that feeling, well, the feeling's been there forever, but the triggering of that feeling got more prominent with the advent of social media and mobile devices because then, you know, you typically would just get a letter in the mail. And I guess that that, that feeling would have been invoked by the name and address on the, the letter that came in a snail mail. But my whole point is, don't be afraid to have your opinions. And if people dislike you because of your opinions, then that's on them. You know, you can't make everyone happy. We can't expect everyone to feel the same way about everything. The world would be terrible. It, it's called communism and socialism when that happens. So the moral of the story is, who cares what anyone thinks about you and your opinions? Stand behind them. Don't be ashamed of them. Own them. And if people want to judge you because of what you say or what you do, well, that's on them. Here, here's a prime example, all right? On this podcast, I play a lot of clips that I think are funny. Some of them are white people. Some of them are black people. Some of them are who knows whatever kind of people. That was Trump. But the point is, I find them funny. Sometimes I'm laughing at them. Sometimes I'm laughing with them. Sometimes I'm kind of poking fun of them. Either way, there are people out there, I guarantee you, who will hear me poke fun of someone who is, we can assume they're black, right? Because black people have a different vernacular, typically, right? Generally, we're speaking. And so they will hear me say something that I find funny. And because it was relatable to a black person, now I'm racist, right? Do you see how ridiculous this is? We can't even joke. We can't even have a sense of humor about someone with a different skin color because people are scared they'll be called racist. I said it once. I'm going to say it again. Never be ashamed of what you think is funny because sense of humor is just like a sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of smell. It's different for everyone, and you cannot expect everyone to find the same things as funny as you do. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Tell them, Nancy. You tell them. Man, I'm already 15 minutes in. I've only covered like one topic. All right, we're going to go. We're going to speed it up a little bit. A couple weeks ago, I went to the dirt track races. We at New Asus Brewing Company sponsor a dirt track car, which means we give him a little bit of money every year so he can buy things like paint and stickers and fix things that break. Because if you've never known anyone with a race car, they work on them more than they race them. And that's a fact. So every now and then I go out and I watch them race. And I've talked about the experience before. But I observed something that was really cool when I was there this last trip, which was about a week and a half ago. Two weeks, maybe. Either way, 
Who cares? The date does not matter. So we were out there at the races drinking our cold beer, watching loud race cars zip around the track, and one of them flipped over. And everyone was kind of worried. They stood up and said, Prosper, he's going to be okay. So he got out and everybody cleared. Yay, he's fine. He's good. He's good. And immediately the announcer starts talking on the PA system and says, hey, we're going to start a rollover fund for driver, blah, 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 blah. And so I was thinking, what is a rollover fund? And so what, what the announcer was doing at the racetrack was telling anyone to come up, you give us some money, 15, 20 bucks, tell us your business name, and we'll we'll shout it out over the PA system. And I thought, man, that is a cool idea. Like, what a cool concept. And so by the end of the night, I think they raised, I don't know, a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. And so you'd hear like uh, you know, come on and see Jimmy and Julie's snow cone stand. We're over here at the corner of 15th and Main Street. We're there on Saturdays and Sundays all through the summertime. And, like, all these little businesses that would never get their name shouted out because they couldn't afford advertising or whatever. And so they were collecting money for this guy to fix his car. And I guarantee you that a lot of the people who were pitching in were probably associates or friends with someone who was racing against him. And that behavior... That culture is rarely found in America. When you find this type of culture, or this behavior rather, sorry, when you find this type of behavior, it's found in other cultures. This is something that's be typical for a Middle Eastern culture, Indian, or or I guess that's technically Asian, but uh, a foreign culture would be more likely to do this than, than a subculture within America. And I just thought it was such a cool thing that, they're asking for help. This dude flipped his car. You want to come make a donation to help him get his car right? Come make a donation, whatever you can afford, and you'll get something in return for it. And that's the American spirit. That's what it's all about. But unfortunately, we're losing that. We're losing the American spirit because we're told that only certain things are funny and, and only certain things are nice and certain things are judgmental. You see, people have become so critical of behavior that it's killing a culture. And, and I don't mean specifically tied to this, this instance, but you can kind of follow the pattern here. Because people have been corrected so frequently and so heavily for having an opinion or trying to do something, they end up just deciding not to do it. And it's even gotten so bad that we allow some people with certain skin colors to say some things, and we don't allow people with certain skin colors to say other things. And the only reason is because we're scared about so what someone is going to think about us. But if you look at the kind of people that go to the dirt track races, those are the kind of people who care less about what people think about them. And they just want to get up every morning and go to work. And they're willing to take care of their stepkids. Or the, the, the wife's ex-husband is now on drugs and in prison. Well, the stepdad steps up and he says, you know what? I'm going to take care of these kids like they're my own. And there are other cultures within the country who do not do that. And to me, this is something that should be recognized and celebrated. And we should, we should speak negatively about the cultures who do the opposite of this. And we should speak positively about the cultures who do this. But because of how scared we are to say these types of things, we don't say them. Because we don't want to be called racist. And I'm kind of to the point now where here's what I think. I have my opinions. If you're going to call me a racist or a sexist or a misogynist or a whatever phobe, okay, I do not care. I don't care if that's what you think about me. You know why? Because I'm so confident in how I do feel deep down inside. And I'm so confident that if I sit down with someone and we talk through these things, that I will make perfect sense. And I'm so confident that the people who know me know how I feel, and they know my heart. And so you can call me whatever you want to call me, and it does not matter. And I really wish more people would get to this point because it's kind of refreshing, honestly. It's kind of like you don't have to worry. You're not looking over your shoulder. You're not really worrying. Oh, my gosh, is he going to think I'm, I am don't like women? Because it doesn't matter. You just you don't care. I really hope the pendulum is swinging back that way. I really do. Because I feel like this is how things probably were in the 50s. I don't know. I wasn't alive then, obviously, but I suspect that people were not so afraid of offending people. There was more shared values, 
more people had more integrity, and everyone just said what they thought. You know what else is kind of weird to me about culture? It's how within the U.S., there are certain cultures that practice things that would completely be shunned from the American culture, okay? Let's just talk about Islam and Muslims. Now, for those of you that don't know, Muslims view women in a very, I don't want to say demeaning, but they, let's just say they don't have the women's rights that women in the U.S. here have. I'm not going to go into all the details, but we all kind of know this, right? There are certain things they do. There are certain rituals they do that involve mutilating women. But even if you exclude that, okay, there's not, uh, most Muslim women are just treated a little different, right? Well, there's an influencer by the name of Hezbollah. And he's a 19-year-old guy that's stuck in the body of like a little toddler. And it's a kind of weird situation. I've kind of turned on being a fan. I used to kind of like it, but now I'm like, this is weird. Okay, he runs around with these mid-20s guys, and they all kind of treat him like a little child. And it's kind of odd. But either way, he's a Muslim guy. He's devout in his faith. And I wondered, I, I didn't know that at the time. And I thought to myself, man, all these other influencers kind of that fit in this category... They're always around girls. They always got women around them because that's kind of the thing to be braggy about all the girls and the hoes you be having. Well, this kid, remember, he's 19, but he looks like he's four, is never in any pictures with women. So I started doing some research. Well, it turns out that he's Muslim. And I guess within the Muslim faith, dudes aren't to be in pictures with women. And I thought to myself, it is so odd to me that there is a faith, and I would also call it a culture, whereby women are not allowed to appear in pictures with men. And yet, whenever Trump uh, had the so, so-called Muslim ban, remember when he said, hey, we're not letting anybody in from countries who always blow things up. And everyone said, oh, you're trying to ban the Muslims. You just don't like brown people, and you don't want Muslims coming here. Okay, remember that? And everyone just, they lost their mind because Trump said you can't come here. And they were like, oh, no, we have to let the Muslims, the U.S. is a melting pot of culture and faith, and we have to let everybody come in the country who wants to come in the country. They're just seeking a better life. Remember all that? Well, I wonder what would have happened if Trump would have said, we're not allowing these people to come in the country because they don't treat women right. In fact, they don't even let them in pictures because the, the left would have no ground to stand on. And so the weird caveat to all this is how... The people who get all worked up and scream about accepting everyone in all religions, number one, they exclude Christianity, and number two, they overlook the, the items in these cultures that would be considered horrendous if the right-wing Christian conservatives practiced them. Could you imagine if the, the Baptist church came out and they said, hey, uh, you know what, we've decided we're no longer allowing women to be in photos anymore? Imagine what would happen. The left would lose their mind. Everyone would be protesting. Everyone would be missing work. Well, I guess a lot of them don't work. But they would they would go out and they would make their signs and they would march and they would scream and they would chant and they would dye their hair purple. But when a 19-year-old kid does it, everything's fine. Oh, he's so cute. He's Hezbollah. He's fine. He's practicing his Muslim faith and we're okay with that. And it's just a double standard. That's all. It is a double standard. It is odd to me. And it shows me once more that a lot of these people lacked intellectual integrity. And for whatever reason, it's okay to accept the culture of some groups, but not others. And that's weird. More inconsistency, right? I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that there's consistency across those two behaviors, because there's not. You think Islam allows abortion? <laughs> no, of course not. They don't even let their women be seen more than their eyeballs. So I guess if you really want to become a sexist and you really want to say bad things about women, if you don't like women, you could say all these bad things about them. Just say you're Muslim. Just say that your name is Muhammad and you now pray to Allah. And you can, you can do bad things to women. You can scream at them. You can hit them. You can mutilate their sexual organs. You can do all kinds of stuff as long as you're Muslim. That's the trick. That's the trick. You know who the, the leftists wouldn't let into the country? If, if if Trump was trying to bring in a group of Christians who didn't let their wives drive and they didn't let their wives work and they didn't let their wives show their face 
and they didn't let their wives be in photographs, and they made their wives cook and clean and wait on them hand and foot, you know how mad they would have gotten if Trump would have said, okay, yeah, y'all can come in. Y'all are good. Come on in here. They would have lost their mind. They would have exploded. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's just an observation. It's an observation that's like we only accept behaviors and cultures that are different to ours. And when I say we, I mean like a majority of the U.S., right? Majority of people only accept behaviors of cultures if the culture's different. So if we're like the typical Western Anglo culture, we kind of all accept the same things. If we're all like the Muslim culture, they all kind of accept the same things. But the U.S. will only accept cultural behaviors if it comes from outside of the typical Western Anglo mindset. And that, to me, is weird. That's right. Every town got two malls. Every town got two malls. That's right. They got the white mall and the mall white people used to go to. Uh, they ain't shit in the black mall. Love my black people, hate my black mall. They don't got nothing in the black mall but sneakers and baby clothes. I guess that's all they think we doing, running. And here's what I tell the American taxpayer in South Carolina. The reason I'm asking you to help Ukraine is because if we do not stop Putin here, he will keep going. And that is why Lindsey Graham is just a perfect example of why I don't like people saying, well, by golly, I'm a Republican and I vote for Republicans and I've always been a Republican. And that's how we get a bad name is by electing people like Lindsey Graham who just wants to go to war and blow everybody up all the time. That's all he wants to do is just go to Ukraine, just blow everything all to smithereens, and then we can go rebuild and make lots and lots of money. That's why we don't stand on behind a stupid party. You know what else is stupid? Here's something that's kind of been bothering me the last couple of weeks. It's people who don't know how to give deadlines. And I know this is nitpicky, but this is how my brain works. I promise you. Like, I don't stay up late at night thinking about these things. I just, I will have an experience and then these thoughts run through my mind, and then they kind of exit. And sometimes I do put them on the podcast notes, and sometimes I don't. But this is just the types of things that I think of, okay? Now, put yourself in a business setting. Think about things like, okay, if I'm in a business setting, sometimes I need deadlines. I need to know when things are going to happen so that I can schedule things to happen around them, either before to make sure everything's ready for them to happen, or after so that I can just keep keep progressing in what I'm doing, right? Things don't stop. They just continue moving forever and ever. Sometimes you need deadlines. Now, there's only one correct way to give a deadline. And the deadline should be a line at a point in time, okay? If it's not, and you have to give a window, that's not a deadline. That's a window. There's nothing more frustrating. Well, I, I'm kind of being extreme here. But one thing that really frustrates me is when you ask someone, okay, so I ordered my new ice maker 14 days ago. You said it was about a 7 to 10 day lead time. Can you give me a deadline? And this person who, <laughs> just another salesperson. You know what? I'm going to do a segment one time called Salespeople, and you'll know it when you hear it. There's not many good ones out there, but let's just go back to the story here. So this quote-unquote salesperson, which are not really salespeople, but let's just say he was a real salesperson. And I asked him, okay, when is this going to happen by? Give me a deadline. Um, It'll be sometime by next week. What? What does that mean? Sometime by next week. Does that mean before Friday of this coming Friday? Does it mean it will happen sometime during the week, next week? You know, a deadline is a deadline. It, it's a time and a date and a day. This is the deadline. It's not a window. And hey, listen, I'm not the kind of guy that screams and hollers and gets all mad when you miss a deadline. I understand things happen. But for me to do my job, I've got to have. i got to pick a point in time. And it just blows my mind that people don't understand this. It blows my mind that parents don't teach their kids this. It blows my mind that your bosses don't teach your employees this. 
I also understand that sometimes you don't really know. You can't really pick a date and time. But what you can do is you can say, I tell you what, I will have this new ice maker done and installed by the end of next week. Okay, By the end of the day on Friday, I'll have it done. And then I'll say, okay, well, I need to know if it's not going to be during off business hours or during business hours. I need to know, right? So I understand, or I can accept, rather, if you're going to give me a, a buy this date. That's fine, too. That's fine. But by next week, by Tuesday, by tomorrow, by January, what does that mean? What does that even mean? You know, it's really important to me to, to respect people's time. And the only thing I ask in return is for you to respect my time. You know, all these things that I get on here and I rant about and I say people should do and they ought to do, I try to do them myself. I really do. Because it's important to me that you respect people's time. That That's all you really have is time. That's all you can do is just allocate your time all day long. Spend your time on what you need or want to. And the more I can help people do that with their time, I feel like the, the better it is for them and me. Here's another example. Had a phone call the other day. And just so you know, this is how I answer the phone. Ring, ring. New Asus Brewing Company. Um, And, and now now I'm going to be the other guy. Um, Yeah, hi. My name's Ben. Uh, I was just wondering, what, what all what all do y'all have on your menu? And they go, oh, was it not on the website? Because normally it's live online. Uh-uh, no, I don't know how to do all that computing stuff. I was just... Hoping you, you know, I seen your barbecue, so I, I, I was just hoping you could tell me a little bit about your menu. And so, here's what I do when these things happen: I give them a taste of their own medicine. And I know this is kind of petty. And I go, "Oh, okay. Well, first, let me tell you about our briskets." And I go on and on and on about where we buy the briskets and how much they weigh and how long it takes to cook them and what kind of wood we cook them with and what the style of barbecue is. And I just go on and on and on. And then I go, "Oh." But you wanted to know about the menu, right? Yeah, uh-huh, yep, yep. I'm, you know, I've got a couple friends. We was going to come up there and see. You know, maybe we thought about getting some food. Maybe maybe we'll take it to go. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, who has time for this? Who has time for this? Because I sure as heck don't. I really do not. And even if I did, I'd rather be spending my time doing other things. So then we finally get around to the menu. We're about five minutes in this phone call now. Okay, t uh, you guys got you got combo plates. Yep, we got baked. Okay, your baked potato does that come with um, cheese and butter and sour cream? Yep, sure does. And the meat, but you know what? We don't have to put anything on there if you don't want it. We can leave it off. Okay, all right. And y'all do that to go. Yep, we can do anything on our whole menu to go. All right, cool. All right. And then so you said something about lean. What? Tell me. Tell me about lean. And I go. Oh, okay. Well, with brisket. You know, there's marbled, which is from the fattier side of the brisket. And then there's lean, which is from the leaner side. It has less fat. Uh-huh. Which one's better? I'm just thinking to myself, bro, how are you going to ask someone which one's better? It's purely opinion. If you like fat, the fatty side's better. If you don't, the lean side's better. And then the question that sent me over the top. Do y'all serve beer? Uh, yep, we sure do. We're a brewing company, so so we make all of our own beer right here. We make it ourselves. Uh-huh, so y'all have Bud Light? Nope, we don't have Bud Light. In fact, we don't have any names that you've ever seen at the store before. So what kind of beer y'all got? We have our own beer. We make it right here. We make all different flavors. We've got 12 different flavors up on the website right now. You can go read about them. You can come in. You can try them. Okay. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to place an order to go. And they go, okay. okay. So we go through his order to go. It's for like him and four of his buddies. He's asking all these questions. And I go, hey, man, I'm sorry to cut you off. I've got to go. Something came up. If you decide you want to come in, come on in. We'll get your order working for you. But I, I just, I've, I've got to go. He, he literally kept me on the phone for 20 minutes. And I know part of that was me giving him a dose of his own medicine. But he was being indecisive. He was talking. He said, "Hey, uh, they said they can't, uh, they can't put the sour cream on it, but they can put it on the side." You know, he's yelling to his buddies, and I just think to myself, "Have you no respect for the man's time who's on the other end of the phone?" I don't know. This is what's so difficult about retail. Okay, if you're selling Rolls Royces, 
I, I hate to sound mean, but it's true. You won't be dealing with people like that. Now, you will still be dealing with assholes occasionally, but most of them will be smart assholes. If you have a dumb asshole who can afford to buy a Rolls Royce, he'll probably have a smart guy shopping for him because he doesn't really know how to negotiate or handle any of that. So, But when you sell things for as cheap as $5 a piece, everyone is your market. So it's not that only dumb people or inconsiderate people can afford $5 food or beers. It's that everyone can afford it, including the dumb people, the smart people, everyone in between, right? And so having a retail establishment has given me a very accurate representation of the types of people who walk around and make decisions, and more importantly, who vote. And after seeing the types of people that are, man, it's so hard to say this without sounding inconsiderate or rude or cocky or arrogant. But after seeing a representation of people and seeing where the average person falls on the IQ spectrum, I can now understand how we can elect people like Joe Biden and even Donald Trump to some extent and Nancy Pelosi and all these people that have no business in the position of leadership because they're not voting based on policy or history. They're voting based on, well, he seems like a good man. He's, he seems like a nice guy. He's a good Christian man. And I think that's, that's where we are. It's, it's given me a glimpse into the average person. And as a very wise man once said, just think about how stupid the average person is. Now realize that half the people are dumber than that. <laughs> that always makes me chuckle. Happy birthday, dear Valley. Happy birthday to you. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a fully, am I, I'm not joking. He's not joking. He is not joking. says you cannot go to a 7-Eleven unless you have a slight Indian accent. He also said, I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. You ain't black, says the man. What is that, a joke or something? That is not a joke. That is a natural fact. Well, okay, okay, fine, fine. You know, one of the reasons why I missed a week or one of the one of the contributory factors that I missed a week on here is because Sunday rolled around, and uh, I think this was two, three weeks ago, so the first one I missed, Sunday rolled around, and I just, um, I wasn't in the mood to do this, and I think... One of the reasons why, because something happened that really shook me up. And in order to sit here and talk to myself for like an hour and a half or two hours, you got to have the juices flowing. You got you to be feeling creative. And, and I wasn't feeling that. And let me back up a little bit. So for those of you that may not know, I own a sailboat charter business down in Nicaragua. I have owned it since about 2011, I think, was the year that we founded it. We started it from scratch. And so I still own it to this day. But I haven't been there since 2018. So I've got a really good team down there that runs it for me and keeps everything going. And I could not brag on them anymore. They are amazing. Two of the people have been with me for 10 years. And so it's something to be said about that. They're really good people. So I haven't been down there, but I still talk to the team every single day about what's happening and what's coming up and and different things. So we had a trip and this hasn't happened since the the whole time we've been doing this. And knock on wood, it's uh, you know, we've been fortunate that this has not happened. But someone died on a sailing trip. And so you know, I had just gotten the news and it really shook me up, man. I thought, man, Someone was in the care of my team and my people, and they died. And so it really put things into perspective. Now, come to find out, it wasn't really our fault. And so that, that helped me kind of come out of that funk. 
But I couldn't imagine the amount of guilt that I would have felt if this individual passed away because our team was being negligent. And so it wasn't the case at all. They had some pre-existing conditions, and so it wasn't actually even on the boat. But the whole experience was traumatic for the team and the Navy and the other cruise boats who were out there around us at the time. And, you know, when it happened, I I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Are we going to get sued? Is this going to be an issue? You know, I was looking at tickets to maybe go down there and try to sort things out. But luckily, things got themselves sorted out quickly. And I ended up, you know, against the advice of some people, I ended up contacting the family of this guy. And I just wanted to reach out and say, hey, you know, if there's anything that we can do, we're here for you. You know, this started out as just a another day the guy was traveling by himself he had no wife no kids no parents he just his sister was his next of kin and he ended up you know getting off the boat to swim into the beach what everyone does every day and he didn't make it all the way in and luckily you know he wasn't drinking he didn't drown it was something some sort of either stroke or heart attack but that that's irrelevant what i'm getting at is you've got to make everything count you never know when it's your time And I know that, like, what does that mean? You go skydiving tomorrow, that you quit your job and you run up your credit cards? No, I don't think so. But as long as you're living your life knowing that your your clock could stop tomorrow, and would you or would you not be satisfied with your accomplishments? And everyone gets so caught up on the definition of, quote-unquote, success. In my opinion... The question should be, what have you accomplished in your life? Because there are lots of things that that aren't tied to financial success that are still great accomplishments, right? Being a great mom, raising your kids so that they can take on the world when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. That is a great accomplishment. And so so it's important to me that that I look around and I think to myself, like, what have I accomplished? You know, what have I done? And I think it's important for us to think about that regularly. You too, you know, look at yourself and, you know, if if you're proud of something that you've done, then that's an accomplishment. And I think the goal in life, one of the goals in life should be to have as many accomplishments that you can possibly have. And you know what? For me, it's not going to be go win a marathon. I can tell you that right now. So we have to be realistic and we have to look at our strengths and our weaknesses and we have to say, you know, I'm capable of filling the blank. I should do it. What's stopping me? What's keeping me from doing that? And if the answer is time, then you go down the list of something that requires less time. But I'm going to make it, you know, I don't like New Year's resolutions. I don't like, I'm not a big person to like make the vision board and put it up on the wall with a picture of all the things you want to have next year and with a private jet and a mansion and all this. I'm not that, but I am going to start focusing more on my accomplishments. And even if it's not something that's public, even if you you have yourself a little list and you, you write down the things you're proud of and you don't even have to share them with anyone or you can keep track in your brain, but I think it's important that people recognize their accomplishments, and try to make it a goal to achieve as many as they possibly can. Now, it's different for everyone. So whatever it is that you're proud of something that you've done, whether it be on your own or with the help of people, call it an accomplishment. And and maybe one day sit around and reflect and think about, what have I accomplished? What have I done with my life? It's limited. It could end tomorrow. I may not live to see 60. I may not live to see 50. Who knows? So when I go... This is uh, applicable to everyone, not just me speaking in the first person. But when I go, what will they be able to say that I've accomplished? And that's it. That's all I'm going to say. And and that really was what came about from the gentleman who died on the trip sailing on my sailboat charter down in Nicaragua. R.I.P. Robert, I hope you passed away doing what you loved. And I believe that will be entitled... The most serious topic ever discussed on Life in Paradise podcast. Okay. Moving right along. Bing, bing. I love it. 
I love it. I'm sitting there tweeting. Bing, bing, bing. You press a button. Bing, bing. They all hand you checks. Bing, 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 bing. We had our beautiful Marine standing there. Bing, 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 bing. You know, in the old days, bing, bong. You know, with the map? Bing, bing, bing. Little mouth on him. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, 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 bing. Bing, bing, bing. They're cleaning up. Fix it up. Bing, bing, bing. A 14 point plan. Bing, bing, bing. Anthony Weiner. You know, the little bing, bing, bing. Everyone's attacked me has gone bing. Everyone else, bing. Where have they gone? Bing. Wow, what a tackle. Bing. Playing cards. Bing, bing, bing. Those tunnels. Bing, boom. Right under the toilet. Bing, boom. Right up. Bing. Like a rocket ship, except in the wrong direction. I'd fly over, drop them right on top, you know, just bing. They want me to use the pump because the other one, which I really like better than going bing, bing, bing. It's like puppets. Bing, 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 bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. The bing, bing, bang, bang, boom. I was imitating puppets and I said, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Bye. You know, as crazy as Trump is and is silly, he is, <laughs> he has made his mark. He has, he has made an impression that will never be forgotten. And I'm okay with that. I think it's kind of what we need when we needed it. Whether you like the guy or not, or whether you're mad because how orange his skin is, or, you know, with the way that he talks or whatever, you know, I, I, I don't respect a lot of things that he does. But you have to admit, the guy's a master at manipulating the media, and he has played to them like taking candy from a baby. And I'm not going to lie. I am excited about the Republican primaries coming up at the end of next year. Is it next year? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Yeah. No. Republican. Yeah, it's mid mid year next year, but the the campaigning will really start uh, in the next three or four months of this year. I'm suspecting. And you know what? I I look forward to presidential elections like I used to look forward to the Olympics. You know, you get it once every four years. You get glued to the TV, watching it, getting all the details. I don't know why I like it. I do. I wish I didn't. It's kind of my version of the Kardashians, and I'm okay with that. You know what I'm not okay with? Well, actually, I'm probably okay with this, but there's a lot of people out there who are not okay with this. As I was traveling back from Phoenix, which, let me just tell you, man, Phoenix, they are proud of Phoenix. They are so proud of Phoenix, that a breakfast burrito... Now, for those of you that might not be from the U.S. or know what a breakfast burrito is, it's a tortilla, a bigger tortilla, with eggs, some kind of meat, some cheese, and sometimes some veggies, right? Rolled up in a, in a cylindrical fashion. Okay, so in the city where I be staying, a breakfast burrito... You're looking at about four fifty to seven fifty, maybe eight dollars, nine dollars at a at a pretty nice place, twelve dollars at a highfalutin place. All right, you're not going to see breakfast burritos for much more than twelve dollars in Texas. But let me tell you one thing: you go to Phoenix for a breakfast burrito and a coffee at a diner, twenty four dollars before tip. It blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. They were talking L.A. prices in Phoenix right now. It's crazy. Absolutely incredible how expensive things are there. But you know what? They pay for it. The wages compensate them. So if you can achieve a standard of living, that's really all that matters. But when I was flying back in my 14-hour travel day, this is, this, this is what makes me mad, right? It takes 14 hours of travel day for six hours worth of flying. And I just, it, I'm done. I'm, I'm getting to be over it. I really, really, really want to want to be able to figure out a different way to travel. But that's not the point of this section. The point of this section is what I witnessed as I was passing through Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. And I suspected this thing might be happening. I didn't know for sure. When I saw it, I wish I'd videoed it, but I didn't. And so... What I saw was, okay, so I want you to think about airport. I want you to think about walking down the long aisle between the gates, you know, the hard floor in between the two carpet areas. And every so often they got trash cans there for you to throw your trash away. Well, next to trash cans in its own bin is a recycle bin. And it says, you know, plastics, glass, paper, whatever, okay? So that's fine, whatever. I'm standing outside the gate waiting for them to call the cattle under the slaughterhouse. And 
I see this guy with a huge push cart. He's pushing, he's emptying the trash cans, and he's putting them in his cart. And so I watch him, and I just, this is what I do. I just watch people do things. So I was watching him empty the recycle bin. He took the recycle bin, and instead of taking out the bag or just dumping the trash out into the the bin, he dumped the recycle bin into the trash bin, and then he took the trash bag out of the trash bin and tied it up and tossed it into his push cart. He proceeded to put a new clean bag back into the trash bin. The recycle bin had its same bag in it. He just emptied the contents into the into the trash bin. So I thought, huh, that dude's not recycling. This whole airport might not be recycling. And then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe he's just a, like a, a low-paid worker, and he's like, man... I ain't trying to get all these bags with all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't trying to empty two trash cans. I get paid $14 an hour. I'm going to just empty one. I'm going to put the one inside the other one, and then we're going to just go on down the way. Well, then I thought, well, wait a minute. He doesn't have his carts not even equipped with a recycle area or a trash area. So technically... He could only get one or the other unless the trash bags were different colors or marked differently, which they weren't. So I said, okay, well, maybe maybe he just wanted to, maybe just this one trash can. Maybe there wasn't enough in the recycle bin. And maybe he's got some system and he puts one bag to one side of the push cart and one bag to the other side. And then when he gets to where he drops them off, he knows how to separate them all out. So then I watched him go to the next trash can and the next trash can and the next. So I'm doing four trash cans every single time. He took the recycle bin, dumped it into the trash bin, took the bag out, tied it up, threw it in the cart. Even when, even when the recycle bin was full, he still dumped it in the trash bin because the recycle bins were filling up more than the trash bins. So he would still empty the recycled materials into the trash can, take the bag out, tie it up, throw them in the cart. And I thought, you know what? This is not a one-time thing. I suspect... This happens all over the country, all throughout cities, restaurants. Anyone who collects recycling is probably guilty of doing this. How do I know? Why do I think that? Why am I so cynical? You just hate everything about the earth, Brandon. You just want to destroy the whole earth. That's not true. I just understand how economics work, and I know how money moves around. And I understand that recycling is more expensive than making something from new, especially when you have to sort through things and wash them out and clean them and take off the caps and throw those aside, and you got to have a different process, right? All that stuff adds up. And while it's really nice to want to save the earth, businesses who sell water bottles have to sell water bottles. They have to sell their water bottles right next to another guy who sells water bottles. And if one guy has to raise his prices because he wants to buy recycled plastic, now he's at a disadvantage to his competitors because typically the market will not pay more for a recycled bottle. And people's reaction is always to blame the water guy, right? Well, he just doesn't care about the environment to spend more money on his bottles. But in reality, it's the person who's buying the water off the shelf who doesn't want to pay more. And so we could do things like make laws that force recycling, and that's going to do one of two things. It's either going to force the water bottle companies out of business, or it's going to force them to raise their prices. Performing business is just a function on a return on investment. And if it gets too close, if the margins get too slim because he's forced to buy recycled plastic, it's not worth it for him to make water bottles. He'll just go do something else. But because the, the, there is so much emotional ties to recycling, we think the airports, we think they're publicly going to come out and say, yeah, we're, uh, we're not doing that recycling thing anymore because then they would now be the bad guy. They'd be the evil one. So they just put on this show, this song and dance. And I don't know if you've heard, but there's been lots of instances of recycle trucks being seen at the dump, dumping out the recycled contents. Happens over and over and over again. You would talk to anybody if they've ever been around a trash dump and ask them if they've seen it happen, and they probably will say yes. So the only way that this can work is if the government subsidizes it. If the government pitches in some money and they say, hey, here's a little bit of money to make up for your losses that you've incurred on buying recycled plastic. Well, 
eventually the government runs out of money. or They don't have enough to support these programs because they are inefficient. It's no different than the government subsidizing electric vehicles. They're, they're pitching in $7,500 towards the cost of any new electric vehicle, which is insane to me. It is insane that the government is so hell-bent on forcing us to switch to a form of energy that's less efficient than what we already have. It's forcing us to switch to a form of energy that we, the market has said that doesn't work for us. We can't use that yet. We're not quite ready for this. The government said, no, you have to. And the market says, we can't. We can't afford it. And the government says, you have to. In fact, here's some money so that you don't go broke as you do what we tell you to do. It's so odd to me. It is so weird how, we, how we've gotten here. That the, the government is now so deeply embedded and to the fabric of our society that they're controlling how we produce and store and transmit energy. Does this, does this not sound like a communist country a little bit? They haven't just cracked down and taken control of everything. They're just doing it little by little, just industry by industry. And this is the exact same thing that caused our founding fathers to leave the place where they were staying. They said, we've had enough of this. We don't need some king telling us everything, what to do, what not to do. So we are this bitch. Here we are reverting back to that. You don't have to be smart to understand this stuff. You know, you could, you could show a video of the guy dumping the recycle bin into the trash bin and show it to like one of the dumbest people that you can ever think of and say, hey, what's, what's wrong with this picture? And they'll know. They will know what's happening. And the reason that people won't change is because of what I talked about in the very first segment. People are too scared of what people think about them, right? Think about it from an airport board. Think about it if you could save money. You wouldn't have to buy double trash cans. You would probably go through less trash bags. It would probably take less time to empty the trash because you're not dumping one bin into another bin. You wouldn't be having to keep secrets, and you wouldn't have to be pretending like you're doing something you're not. But they don't want to make anybody mad. They don't want to piss anybody off. So they're just going to keep pretending like they're recycling, but throwing all the recycled products into the trash. What a clown show. Welcome to the clown show, 2023. And you want to know the song I thought about when all this was happening? <laughs> I thought I looked at this dude. I saw him emptying one bit of the other, and I thought, this is a clown show. We're, we're in a clown show. Here's a clown show music. I just like I pictured in my head this dude emptying from one bin to the other with this song playing, but like sped up, right? You can't have this song in like normal speed. Everything's got to be happening a little bit faster. And so that's it. That is it. We're living in a scam. Uh, take it as it comes and make jokes about it. And with that, I will put a bow on this show and call it done. I sure do appreciate you listening to Life in Paradise podcast. Did I mention about worldsbesthammocks.com? If I didn't, I know. I know I did, but I'm doing it again anyways because, listen, listen, I've not sold many hammocks. I need to sell more hammocks. Please tell your friends about worldsbesthammocks.com because I got a lot of hammocks in my house just piled up in a room <laughs> that need homes. So help me. Help me find homes for these hammocks. Literally the world's best hammocks. 100% cotton and wood, and that is it. And they are nice, and they are soft, and a little bit stretchy. And they're the best in the world. A few hundred bucks. Where else can you get the best of anything for a few hundred bucks? I hope everyone has a great week. Go out there, speak your mind, own your opinions. Don't be afraid to call people out on their BS. But you can still be friendly. Tip more than you should. Hold the door open for somebody. Play with your dog and have a fabulous week. If the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall, or the mountain should crumble to the sea, I won't cry, I won't cry, no, I won't shed a tear just as long. As you stand, stand by me And darling, darling, stand by me Oh, stand by me Oh, stand now, 
bound. We 